Listener Production. They're cleaning spills and splitting bills. It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Absolutely gutted, Matt O'Kine. What, what about? Got the old wireless headphones in the small white case. All good to go. Been loving them because, particularly in these mask times, I, I held out for so long with the cords in the ears. But then I'd take off my mask and the cords would pop out. Or... I'd go to put them on and I'd get them caught. Anyway, it was a nightmare. Went wireless, best decision of my life, but walking into the stairwell the other day because the elevator was broken, four floors up and down, right? Open the top floor, level four, go to put it in, slips out of my hand, the pod falls right down the centre of the staircase and smashes on the concrete about level one, busted. No! Well, look, to be fair, there's a couple of downsides to wireless earbuds um, because... I got sent a pair by JVC. Thank you very much. And um, <laughs> wait, got to no, pull one out. JVC for him, for or sure. is it JBL? Have I got it wrong? <laughs> wait, I think it'd be JBL. JVC with the old like car oh, stereo no, people. Oops, I can't even. I haven't even given good, good headphone shoutouts. Terrible plug. Terrible. Um, thanks JBL. But, but the problem is when it's really windy. It cuts out because yeah. the Bluetooth connection, okay, super windy, always cuts out. Is Bluetooth affected by Apparently. Wind? Um, or really? mine were, or maybe it's where I was keeping them in my pocket or whatever. And <laughs> also I used to lie in bed listening to crime podcasts and wireless. It would make me really scared that the wireless earbud was going to roll out in my sleep and then I would accidentally yep. swallow it and choke. Could you imagine the investigation <laughs> that would have to happen if that happened? Yeah, that's some, definitely some foul play. But then... There's also the problem with the wired headphones that they could wrap around my neck and then strangle me. <laughs> Matt, is it just one constant <laughs> fear of dying by all means? Uh, but anyway, we hope you're not in an existential sense of dread today. Uh, this is All Day Breakfast and cannot wait to be chatting to incredible comedian, producer Dan Illick is going to be joining us later on in the show. He's got a billboard at Times Square. Matt if you had 15 minutes to put a billboard up at Times Square, New York City, what would be on it? Probably asking for... Thank you, JBL, for your headphones. <laughs> I really appreciate it. JVC, the words JVC yeah. rubbed out and then JBL replaced in texter. I should have proof-checked that damn billboard. Well, because Dan Illick has... 15 minutes in Times Square. He's going to let us know what he's going to be putting up for this very, very big opportunity. Very, very big, very, very expensive opportunity. Uh, That's all coming up as part of this All Day Breakfast. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. Well, if you see something, say something. It's a little little thing that they... You know, a little slogan that the government's put out. I remember quite strongly around terrorism. Yeah. I remember the uh, old trains in Brisbane had that uh, little slogan on it, you know, with a little picture of, say, a, uh, you know, a bag, a suspicious parcel on one of the seats. It says, oh, if you see something, make sure you notify someone because mm. it could be a bomb. Well, I remember, I think my dad told me about when he was travelling with my mum back in the day, the old uh, backpacking around Europe, she left a bag in the middle of the airport because she wanted to go and check, check out the souvenir shop. And they come back and it's surrounded by <laughs> cops and everyone was like, whose bag is this? It was very, it was very nearly an international incident. Yeah, absolutely. I found myself um, surrounded by uh, the same officers as well and I say, hey, hey, guys, 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 I know I am Dub-omb, but uh, I'm not. <laughs> All right, so here we go. This week, um, a local Oregon bomb squad 
uh, was called to the public library to investigate a mysterious styrofoam container that showed up on the library's doorsteps. I've seen some styrofoam containers contain icy cold drinks. All right, that's a good parcel to receive. I usually have people on um, mopeds dropping around to my place, dropping off some styrofoam containers, and inside's a little bit of mango sorbet and some pear and rhubarb, if you don't mind. <laughs> so usually I'm I'm opening styrofoam containers <laughs> right in my face. Okay, so I'm, there's nothing there's nothing scary about styrofoam containers for me at I, my residence. I remember being at home at Daddy Max house one day, and uh, Dad was home, I'd just sort of come over and let myself in. I'm sitting there, start hearing this weird scratching sound. I was like, what the hell is that? And so I walk in, this and I'm like, sir, we've got Freddy Krueger in, hiding in a cupboard somewhere. And I walk in, open the laundry door, two mud crabs in a, in a styrofoam container. So, the muddies. Yeah, so far so good. All that comes in styrofoam containers, big ticks. We got the beverages, we got the crabs, and we got a bit of dessert. So you told me a bad styrofoam container. Well, uh, the bad is the combination of the two. I did would not like a, uh, a 500 mils of Messina crab flavour uh, turning <laughs> up at my place. No good. But you're right, the county sheriffs uh, got called. The bomb squad arrives. They open this suspicious package at the library. Books. <laughs> Books in a package at the library. Good. I mean, that is, if you're, if you're getting a Christmas present, right, you look under the tree, I don't know what that is, I don't know what that is, what is this perfectly rectangle thing? It's books. It's, you know when a book is a book. It's that or like a bottle of wine and you can tell exactly what it is. So I don't know why the bomb squad had to come around. Um, Matt O'Kant. Yeah, well, look, uh, we have bomb squads going around right around Australia at the moment. We are building Australia's very first um, podcast street team. It is called The Bomb Squad. We've given away a few opportunities for people to whack some of our big stickers on the car. Not just, we're not talking little bumper stickers, we're talking full blown body kit. Right round the doors, the front, the booty. And we've called, much like the uh, Oregon County Sheriff, we've called the Bomb Squad right now because a brand new member is going to be added to the team. It's a big congratulations to Tim. G'day, Tim. Hello, guys. How are you? Mate, <laughs> the listeners have no idea how long it took for us to get this connection working. What was going uh, on? I think my girlfriend was trying to stitch me up because this was going to be my big entertainment break. You know? yeah. yeah, right. This is it. This is going to be the one that launches your career. This is it. <laughs> I, th- I think I might be in a movie. <laughs> okay, future Oscar winner Tim joining us. But the uh, the thing you're winning before that is a spot on the Bomb Squad. Can you tell us why you think you'd be a good member of the world's first podcast street team? So I actually have two vehicles. One of them is a work ute that I drive on site, but the second is a 36-ton excavator. So that may be the first radio excavator in the world. Bro, you are in. You didn't even have to finish the sentence and you are part of the squad. Alex Dyson and I dig up some dirt, trust me, on our our (laughs) interviewees. So, yes, we want want the official machinery to match. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, guys. That's going to be good. I mean, you got four stickers as part of it, two big squares, a a back windscreen kind of one, but also a big circle bonnet. Are you going to put that on the... um, the, the, Here, I'm so not a trader. On the (laughs) scoop... No, I think I'll just go around the sides and maybe one in the bucket. But, yeah, if I lift that boom up in the centre, it'll be like a big antenna. So 
Everybody, beauty, oh, Tim. Thank well, you so much. Well, look, you're a very, uh, very welcome member to the Bomb Squad. So thank you very much, and uh, yeah, we, we'll love to see you repping uh, Matt and Alex on site one of these days soon. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it. All day breakfast. Well, Alex Dyson, it is time for you to don that tinfoil hat, and not because you're a skeptic of the mainstream media or of science, but more to protect the little smithereens of the little smithers of brain. That smithers a word? Smithers is uh, Mr. Burns's offside. I know you've got something to smithereens, but is smithereens the noun? It would have to be, wouldn't <laughs> yeah. it? Smithereens. You blow it okay. into smithereens, yeah. You know, you never talk about smithereens outside of that concept. You know, like instead of saying, oh, it was lovely throwing all that confetti on you at the wedding, yeah. it would be like, what a colourful handful of smithereens. So if the FBI raid, you know, a Cayman Islands bank account and they're shredding all the documents, it's like, we're too late. They shredded it to smithereens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to bring it back, Alex Dyson. All right, here's some facts for you. <laughs> Because we're talking about billboards uh, today with Dan Illick, thought I might give you a fact about the billboard, okay? Um, okay. Aside from the fact that the first known billboard appeared 3,000 years ago, um, which was what? a... Really? Well, I mean, it was, it was like a sign, a big sign in uh, Thebes, Egypt, advertising a reward for the return of a runaway slave. Uh, <laughs> that's what dash2.com reports. But the biggest billboard wow, in the world... That's- that's mind-blowing. You go all the way from that to Clive Palmer giving the thumbs up saying make Australia great again. Oh, man. The biggest billboard in the world, 5,265 square metres. It's in Madrid and it, that is the equivalent of 20 tennis courts or a uh, an American football field. Mind. Hey, pretty big, isn't it? All right, fact number two. Well, Alex Dyson, you heard about the Redcliffe Dolphins being announced as a new team in the NRL yesterday. That was pretty big news, wasn't it? Did you get the call up? I have never played a game of contact rugby in my life. Oh, it's such a shame. You'd look good in the, t- in the short shorts, mate. Well, I think any team where you need to put the advertising for the shorts on the back because <laughs> you know your bum's going to be up in the air for most of the game, um, it doesn't particularly suit my style of play of not getting absolutely belted by people twice the size of me. I'm still open to play. Uh, I need to hit the gym soon, but I'm, I'm willing to... <laughs> Under the guise of, of Wayne Bennett, who got a monster deal, I'm willing to assume that I could take up the, uh, the skill. Well, um, un- until every professional sports person is younger than us, we still have a chance. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, who's the oldest NRL player? That'd be, what, 37? I don't think that... Would it be older I, than I you? I don't know. Are they already 40? I'm 33, so I reckon there'd be a 34-year-old still running right. around. I honestly sneeze and almost double over. I'm in that much pain, so... <laughs> I don't think I that can. That sneezes and the defence have to go back 10. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's one. Dolphins give themselves names. Really? It's been proven by, well, according to aquaworld.com.nmx, it says it's been proven by scientists that dolphins give themselves names. They develop their own individual whistles and they recognise theirs and other dolphins' names. Uh, Mild. Mild. What? <laughs> no, only, I mean, that's an incredible fact, but only because I thought the groan in it could be a dolphin's name. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, are you talking to me? No, I'm talking to... Uh. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my right. laugh almost got to dolphin levels there. 
And the first headphones were sold to the Navy as a piece of radio equipment and they wanted to move the maker of them out of his kitchen where he was making them, but he refused to move. This is the man called Nathaniel Baldwin. He refused to move because he was a polygamist. He didn't want to move out of Utah. Because <laughs> otherwise he wouldn't be allowed to marry more than one person. Well, I guess all of his... He probably had married lots of people by that stage. Maybe they couldn't all come. Wait, so what's, so what's the fact in all this? <sighs> I don't know, this is an interesting fact, don't you think? <laughs> Mild. Mild. Wrong. A man didn't want to move because other people banned him marrying multiple women. No, groaning at that. Um, so we always love hearing your mind-blowing facts on at matt.n.alex on Instagram. Please send us your voice messages. First one here is from Adam. I have just had my mind blown because did you know that if you buy a packet of Arnott's ginger nut biscuits in Queensland and then you jump over the border to Tweed Heads, not that you can do that right now, but if but if you do that and buy a packet of ginger nut biscuits in New South Wales, they're going to be a completely different product. The recipe is different. The size is different. And then, and it, it doesn't stop there. If you go to Western Australia, you're eating another different type of ginger nut Arnott's, still Arnott's, still Arnott's ginger nut biscuits. Oh, guys, seriously. Mind blowing. Mind blown. What the hell's going on at Arnott's? I don't know, but they've got all sorts of issues over there. You know, we've got the Jat Savoy thing going on. It's someone hand wrote the recipe, we've, passed it down, you know, on the that. on the train, on the garn across the Nullarbor. It ends up, you know, someone's probably sweated on it and it's smudged, we, you know, is that a six or an or an eight? Well, you had that debacle with the new flavour of shapes from which a, a bigger backflip on a decision I haven't seen in a very, very long time. Um, but anyway, I'm not sure what's going on there. Good on you, Adam. Adam, find out what's going on and we'll hey, give you another point. Hey, I didn't know shapes had egg in them. <laughs> they don't. Oh, then what's it doing on your face? Um, Emily has a mind-blown fact. Did you know that even though Uluru is in the NT, it's closer to Adelaide than it is to Darwin? Nah, I'm going to give that. I mean, I, I know what I would give that. Mild. <laughs> Mild. Groan. Groan. Mild, we got the groan. Sorry, Emily. <laughs> That's because you look at a map and you're like, oh, yeah, it is It is quite low in this big country. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go mild groan. Sorry, Emily. Yeah, sorry, Emily. It's sort of like saying, you know, Brisbane's closer to Sydney than Cairns. That would have blown my mind a while ago because it took a while for me to figure that out. We're like, Brisbane's like halfway up Australia. And I just think, uh, being a Victorian, that Queensland's way north, but it's like, <laughs> it's closer to Melbourne than like Cape York. Well, yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, being Victorian, you think, you know, Melbourne's the centre of the whole bloody universe. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> no surprise that you don't. And Sam has a about. fact about neck pillows. Hey, Matt and Alex. I was just uh, listening to you guys speak about the neck brace on the uh, aeroplane. So the neck pillows are actually supposed to be turned the other way around. The fat bit of it is supposed to sit under your chin. So it actually props your head up instead of it being behind you, forcing your head forward. Mind blown. I do not oh, believe that. Blown. If that's no. true... And do you know why? Because I've never seen a movie where someone gets off a plane and they've got the eye, you know, and they're walking through the airport yeah. with their bags or whatever. They're usually yeah. someone who's quite rich and is, doesn't want to be in, you know, Seattle for business, but is there. Uh, and I've never seen them with it the other way around. So I just do not believe that. And I'm also looking on Google Images. No one, no one well, is wearing it like that. If you want to do better than those three, you can join them. 
you can please send us a message matt.n.alex and get your mind blowns in for next week. Order up. Just how you like it. Perfect. All day breakfast. Do you know what? For, for real, my friend had a friend whose parents owned a billboard and they were like, they will lend it to us. What should we put up? And so I got um, just white letters on a black background, big bold font, Matt O'Kine can rap. And then I uh, <laughs> <laughs> never got the tick of approval, so he couldn't get it up there. So that, yeah, that, I, got, if um, I had the chance, I'd do that in Times Square too. Mate, it's like you didn't want to get taken down for false advertising. But look, it's a big <laughs> question. And someone who has made that decision and he's doing something selfless uh, in order to help the environment is uh, comedian, broadcaster, Mr. Dan Illick. He joins us right now live from uh, his podcast, HQ of Irrational Fear. Man, uh, how's it going? <laughs> it's nice to be nice to be with you, yeah. Uh, I, I want to know, let you know, Matt, that I'm actually going to put up um, Matt O'Kine can rap in Times Square. So everyone... Oh, thank God. <laughs> Money well spent, finally. Uh, Matt O'Kine can Times Square. My friend Jay-Z, he's going to pop by, he's going to look at it. I was going to say, it's a small market in New York. No good rappers have come out of there, so that would be fine. Well, Dad, you, like many people, are concerned with Australia's, um, can we say, glacial, dare we say it, because people won't understand that reference in the future, but glacial pace at... uh, adapting to a low carbon emitting society and world that uh, you decided to try and raise a little bit of money to put up some billboards in Glasgow for the upcoming uh, conference when it comes to that. Things have spiralled out of control and uh, now you're uh, you're taking on the big boys. Well, this is absolutely true. So I started off about three weeks ago. I bought a billboard in Glasgow. It was going to cost me $12,000. You know what? I'm going to start a, an Indiegogo campaign, raise that money. I got that money in two and a half hours. I hit go on at 6.30 in, in oh the morning God. on Monday. By 8.30, I hadn't even showered. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had twelve thousand dollars. Like, well, this is easy. Anyway, saving saving the world is easy, guys. <laughs> um, so what I've done? A whole day later, I had thirty thousand dollars, and then by the end of the week, I had a hundred thousand dollars. And I'm like, gee. And whiz. by the end of the next week, you had tickets to Mexico, and then uh, <laughs> <laughs> I changed my name to Daniel Scase, and <laughs> so I've decided to kind of. Up the ante, change the campaign a little bit, rename it. I'm calling it Joke Keeper. I'm trying to raise a million dollars because, in that, in, you know, you got to go big here. You got to got to have big dreams. Yeah. And with that, I'm going to use that money to make fun of carbon lobby funded politicians during the election. And part of this is the whole billboard stuff I've been doing. So, the whole idea was to build a, get a billboard in in Glasgow, which we got. You know, that's great. That's done and dusted. And then I've started putting up billboards all around the world. So we started out at Armadale. So we've bought, we've bought one uh, in Barnaby Joyce's electorate. Uh, we've got one in Josh Frydenberg's electorate. Uh, the one in Horsham went up this week. So that's been rolling for about four days. That's deep nationals territory. <laughs> uh, and then one from down your way, Alex, in, uh, in Torquay. Uh, there is a beautiful one on the Great Ocean Road, which, um, which the billboard company Gork gave us for free. So we're, we're gradually Whoa. getting more and more of these billboards out there. And, and I've got to tell you, Thursday night, New York time, I'm super excited because we got our New York billboard going live, the biggest billboard in Times Square. <laughs> this is, is massive. Insane. And the price tag, massive price tag goes along with it. it how does, much yeah. are you going to be paying and for how long? So, you know, uh, you know, it costs normally $100,000 US an hour for that billboard. But 
I, I've, uh, I've spoken to my friend Donald Trump and he did a deal. Uh, and um, <laughs> he got it down. To, he said, I do your deal, Dan. How about $200,000? Um, no. So <laughs> I, I thought I was uh, pretty hot shit because they uh, offered me, I'll give you 10 minutes for 17000 And I said, how about uh, 12000 And so they said, yeah, okay, great. So I got 10 minutes wait, for $12,000. Wait, wait, wait. Is that all it costs in Times Square to get 10 minutes? I want ten minutes. Are they doing you mates rates or what? Well, I, yeah, I got, I, yeah, I said I just did a deal. I got like five grand off. Is is there a little bit in your mind a kind of um, conflict of interest in that you're going to be talking about climate change within a square that surely must be just chowing up the electricity? <laughs> I spoke to um, the governor of New York, and they're they're going to just use power from renewables for that night. So that's very good of them. I'm very happy with that. Uh, you know, I, I'm not I'm not too concerned. I'm more concerned yeah. with the four coal mines that got um, approved this month. So from Australia. So you know that's what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about the the leaders that we have in power who have done everything they can to delay, and distract, and destroy any kind of climate action over the last 15 years. Is there any actual benefit or like is it is it purely a financial and economic and like a job reasoning to keep these Okay uh, so the only reason that these folks are are uh, voting the way they're doing is because of donations, right? So the fossil fuel lobby and the carbon lobby pay huge amounts of donations to our our political leaders and they do favors for them. That's what's Commonly, commonly called as rotting or corruption, some people would say. Not me, of course, because uh, I don't want to go to jail. Um, but <laughs> for defamation, which is a whole other thing. So I'm certainly not saying so, anything, all right, either. I'm, I've got my mouth shut. I'm just. If only there were some people who could make laws to uh, to avoid that. Can from I swear happening. on your podcast? Yeah, we'll bleep it. That's the beauty of a podcast. The thing that made me go, "Hell, <laughs> these guys actually aren't working for us." Was at the start of the pandemic, 2020. The government was going to take six months off because of the way Parliament was sitting that year. And what they did was they organised a national COVID commission to organise the pandemic and solve the pandemic. They sat for four months and they came up with a great idea. We can solve this global pandemic by building a pipeline. I'm not an engineer (laughs) or an epidemiologist, but I know that Mm. a gas plant or a gas pipeline isn't the solution to a respiratory virus. Like, I know that. I know that. And it's like, you go, that's the aha moment, right? You're like, oh my God, (laughs) we've got the biggest crisis facing us right now. Is the... Crazy. Is it... Former I try to be for... as pragmatic as possible <laughs> for Wannan. Um, didn't win, didn't work, didn't change anything. But similarly, how do we, you know, whether it's I come up with a new way, whether it's running for parliament, if you come up with a new way putting up billboards, how do we how do we speed it up? Is this is all of this together going to create enough pressure or are we just sort of um, rearranging deck te- chairs on the Titanic? No, Matt, Alex, we are in the fortunate position of having a little bit of power in this game. So what we need to do is encourage folks to vote sensibly and to think about strategically where they place their vote this election. This is this election is going to be the most important election, one of the most important elections in the world because it will mean, it will determine how many gigatons of carbon will get dug up and burnt and put into the sky, right? It is, it is a really important election for the world and this is an absolutely possible situation for Australia to finally 
break free of the carbon lobby and their donations, to actually get some meaningful representation in the lower house, to actually pass meaningful legislation, to get uh, meaningful climate change in and actually pull our weight as a nation. Dan, look, when is the billboard going up? The billboard in Times Square is going up six, if you're listening to this and you're in New York City, 6.45 to 6.55 p.m. this Thursday night, October 14. Get down there, take a photo, send it to Twitter and Facebook. Use the hashtag yes. JokeKeeper or tag Irrational Fear or me and we'll spread it around the world. Um, I have already know there are a few New York celebrities, Australian celebrities well, who are heading down there, so that's exciting. Well, I have uh, checked the data and we have some uh, New York listeners tuning in, so uh, get on down to Times Square. The perfect excuse to go down there. Dool's will head down. is definitely going to be down there. He's going to be down there covering it for the project, so I'm really awesome. excited about that. Let's yeah. hope there's not a blackout at 610 on, you know, some sort of terrible... <laughs> yeah, I reckon, I reckon if there's a blackout somewhere, I'm going to have a picture of Peter Dutton holding a cable going... <laughs> <laughs> we just hope afterwards, you know, the, the scientists do the research and you and I get... Get the credit for changing the minds. I smell toast. Well, we had a little bit of a chat yesterday about the PP and J and SD, um, which was used to smuggle some sensitive documents out of a military base, uh, the peanut butter sandwich, the perfect vessel for which to uh, get these state secrets out into the world. I haven't seen that in an episode of JAG yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you've got to tell uh, our incredible host of what's hitting with Sarah. Sarah. Oh, um, goodness me. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> so, look, we asked you, when have you, what have you smuggled? I think you've got to update that to Matt to uh, haven't seen that in an episode of NCIS. I think that's still oh, that's old enough in air. itself. I know that, that, that's as new as I could get. <laughs> anyway, uh, an episode of Succession. I don't think that's the right area. Well, look. Um, anyway, <laughs> we asked you, and you guys hit us up on at Matt and Alex. Uh, Laura Dothow says I'm a diabetic, and as such, have to carry insulin and a glucometer, a glucometer, yep. glucometer. Glucometer. You say glucometer, I say glucometer, Matt. I think I was thinking of glaucoma um, and a <laughs> glucometer with test strips at all times. There have been a few times where I've taken one for the team at a festival and Russia's finest cousins have made their way into my kit and no security guard wants to offend the chronically ill. Tell me that's not a real mate. Yeah, good on ya. Good, yeah, that's the, that's the designated um, carrier there, the designated mule uh, coming in. Good work, uh, Laura, on that one. We also got, got an interesting one, and I think this is probably bordering on health issues as well, from Marley. So in the very beginning of my clubbing days, I was a very, very poor music uni student. So I liked the idea of getting drunk at clubs, but didn't really like the idea of paying for the alcohol. So I don't know if you recall, but there's like a brand of Panadol a Nurofen called Heron that comes in a little canister. That's basically a shot glass with a lid. And then, you know, in Melbourne, the club bouncer checks your bag and you're like, yeah, no, I just got my Panadol. And yeah, just go to the toilets and you're shotting 
stuff in the cubicle out of a Panadol cup. It was pretty funny. <laughs> Straight from the heron. I think it's that, that would look like you do the way, speaking of these shows like JAG and NCIS, whatever movie, you know, there's always some detective that's addicted to painkillers and got that orange jar and they never just take one and like have it with a little bit of water. They just like neck, the pour it into their hands and like put the whole thing in their mouth or whatever. You'd look yeah. like that in the bathrooms of the clubs, Marley, doing that one. From the palms straight into the open gullet. Hey, uh, that brings us to the end of Matt and Alex all day breakfast for today. Today. Thanks very much to Dan Illick for joining us. Uh, we look forward to seeing the, the proof of his pudding up in the middle of Times Square. Holy moly. You know what we need? We need an American listener who wants to be part of the All Day Breakfast Bomb Squad, put it on their Humvee or their Ford F100 pickup truck and drive it around Times Square because that's your Times Square advertising well, you without know, the uh, hefty, hefty price tag. There's always those, like, buskers and dudes sort of in the middle of Times Square, you know, performing or wearing big billboards. Why don't we get someone with a sandwich board? <laughs> Wearable Bomb Squad. I paid 20 US dollars for some bro's mixtape around Times Square. <laughs> He's like, dude, this is the next big thing. You know, get on it. It's my mixtape. So I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, tax deductible for me because I go back and I play it to Australia and go, what do you reckon of this dude's tunes? <laughs> well, look, uh, if anyone's in Times Square, let us know. You can rep the squad. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. As always, keep in touch with us at matt.and.alex. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll see you again tomorrow. Bye-bye. Ta-ta. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.and.alex. Listener.